State of the Division, it's the first Tuesday episode. It is the AL Central. Jack McMullen with Ryan Miller, formerly known as Intern Ryan. I got to know, before <laughs> we get rolling, um, should I still be calling you Intern Ryan? Has Aram Layton removed the intern tag from you yet? I think that's up to Peter and Aram. I'm not 100% sure where I stand with that, but uh, Peter's told me that that he wants me to become a, you know, a, just, just a writer. So yeah. maybe? I, okay. I'm not um, quite sure. For the time being, though, I'm going to call you Intern Ryan because I'm going to I'm just going to shit on you like that. I <laughs> hope you're OK with that. That's fine. Um, this is the state of the division. Again, you just heard Peter and Colby yesterday. If you tuned into that one, the AL East premise is around 15 minutes. Take it like the New York Times daily podcast, just giving you the rundown of each division. So Monday, we got AL East today. Ryan and I are going to give you AL Central. That's every Tuesday. On Wednesdays, you're going to get the AL West from Kendall McKee and T. Wright. Uh, on Thursdays, Arm Layton, Ryan Finkelstein are going to give you the NL East. NL Central is going to be Clay Snowden and Ethan Badowski on Friday. And then on Saturday, the NL West with Dusty Baker and Derek Johnson. I got all that right, right? I think so. I think you okay. nailed it. So now we're done screwing around. Let's get right into the White Sox. We're going to go through the division. The White Sox are the leaders right now at 6-3. and three. They are the only team over 500 in the early goings. Cleveland's at four and five. Detroit's at four and five. Kansas City's at three and five. And Minnesota's at three and six. Let's start with the White Sox. That's my side. Um, Here's my thing, Ryan. I really like the offense. I I really do. A healthy Luis Robert is a game changer because I think you and I both know that Luis Robert is an MVP candidate when he's healthy. And we haven't seen a full 162 from him. When we do, he's going to put together that season that few can replicate. Um, Tim Anderson being back is helpful. The real issue is pitching. They're six and three. Great. Everything is butterflies and rainbows right now. But Dylan Cease has had two out-of-body experiences. And Michael Kopech looked really good this weekend against Tampa Bay. But with Giolito on the shelf and with Lynn on the shelf for two months, you're running out Dallas Keuchel, Vince Velasquez, and Jimmy Lambert three of your five days. And I don't think that's sustainable whatsoever. No. And I was looking at their bullpen earlier. And I think before the season, it was pretty safe to say for me, at least that they had one of the, if not the best bullpen in baseball. So right now you have Hendricks, Bummer, Graveman, Ronaldo Lopez, and Jose Ruiz. After that, and this could be because of the expanded rosters, teams carrying two extra pitchers, but then it's Kyle Crick, Bennett Souza, Anderson Severino, Matt Foster, and Tanner Banks. You know, if those guys, plus getting starts from Vince Velasquez, Dallas Keuchel, and Jimmy Lambert, if those are going to be your guys who eat most of your innings, it's not a good recipe at yeah. all. Okay, so so Crick, I will push back because Crick has some good stuff. He's he got does. a very yeah. solid slider, so I'm in on that. Um, yep. it, it was the best bullpen in baseball that got depleted in a matter of days because Gary Crochet went down, right? Tommy John surgery and spring training. And then after that, you went straight up Craig Kimbrell for AJ Pollock. And I love that deal because you had this gluttony of top end back of the bullpen arms. You can get rid of one of them. Kimbrell shit the bed last year for the White Sox. So you move him and you go and get a guy who has been as productive as Mookie Betts since the start of the 2020 season. Um, I'm totally in on that move. Pollock is going to come back from a hamstring thing. He was also on the paternity list. But yeah, like this bullpen is a lot thinner than what it initially was. Where are your concerns, though? Are your concerns more in the rotation or more in the bullpen 
filling the middle innings to get to guys like Bummer and Hendricks. Listen, I like Jose Ruiz. I think he's pretty solid. He gets hit hard sometimes, but I think he, he's an all right reliever. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez had an okay year last year, and then Graveman, Bummer, and Hendricks are obviously very good. But when you look at the rotation, you know, Kopech is still trying to figure out his way as a starter, had yeah. most of his time as a reliever in the past. So, you know, I, I like that. I, I think if he was in the ideal situation, if he was maybe a three or a four in a rotation, that'd be really good for him development-wise to kind of get innings under his belt as a starter and not really have to rely on carrying a staff like a number two. So it's definitely in the rotation. If I'm the White Sox, I'm definitely calling the A's about Frankie Montas. I mean, I just think that's a perfect fit right now. Okay, so the non-starter was the A's wanted Vaughn. They wanted Andrew yeah, Vaughn. Right. Rick Hahn's yeah. not ready to depart with Andrew Vaughn. It would have been close to Vaughn for Montas straight up. Honestly, Oakland might have had to throw in a filler there because Vaughn yeah. has so much control and he's so good of a bat. Um, Vaughn for Montas straight up. At the time, you're, you're throwing up and you're saying, oh, God, this sucks. We yeah. can't do that. We'll talk about it again in July. And I'm a massive Andrew Vaughn fan. Uh, you know, he was insane at Cal. He was insane on the Cape. There's a reason he went third overall, being an average defensive first baseman. He was overwhelmingly a top flight bat. He was probably the best bat in college baseball in 2019. So with Vaughn, he was a top 20 prospect with the offense alone last year. And he comes up, he has a fine rookie year. Um I'd hold on to Vaughn. I don't think you can get a deal done for Montas with, with any other package that the White Sox can put together that they're okay leaving um, because if it looks like Gavin Sheets and a couple of prospects, you have no prospects. You have the worst farm system in exactly. baseball. So, that puts you at an extreme disadvantage when you're trying to trade for pitching. If you have nobody on the farm, I mean, you know, Oakland has made some interesting moves with getting some 27-year-old relievers and, yeah. you know, some 26-year-old position players. You out on Kevin still, Smith? <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I think he's going to be a productive big leaguer. But, really? you know, just, just Kirby Sneed, stuff like that. You're kind of taking yeah. some chances. And I just don't think that the White Sox, outside of Andrew Vaughn, obviously, have enough to trade for Montas, but he's the perfect fit here for me. Yeah, and I do want to go back because in the perfect world, Kopech's not the two. Kopech is the four, right? Or maybe the five. I don't know. because I, I'd say four um, yeah. because you've got Giolito as the one, Cease is the two, Lynn is the best three in the game, and then you've got Kopech as the four, and you only have to worry about 20% of your starts as opposed to right now 60% of the starts. But the offense looks good. They'll carry their weight. The division as a whole is underwhelming right now. We thought it was going to be improved. At the very onset, it doesn't look like it. The one team that looks improved and the one team that is outperforming what we thought the offense could do, because we thought borderline worst offense in baseball, is the team that you're wearing their hat of right now, the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. Um, Cleveland could not stop hitting thanks to Owen Miller and Stephen F. and Quan. It was so exciting, but then they just got swept by San Francisco. Yeah, you know, I think that that kind of, you know, Brings them down to earth a little bit, but they got a pretty big series coming up with the White Sox, four games set this week. So yeah. maybe they can kind of right the ship, get back on track and take advantage of those three through five starters in that White Sox rotation. But yeah, who would have guessed Owen Miller is the Major League Baseball leader in WRC plus at this point? I know it's only 48 Bs, but he's been going crazy. Steven Kwan, I've been very high on him since he was in the minors. 
And even in college, you know, great bat to ball skills can really hit. He's not going to put up exit velo numbers, but he's going to get on base for you. He's going to be kind of a slap hitter type. And, you know, Jose Ramirez just doing what Jose Ramirez does. Yeah, I want to talk about J-Ram for a moment because through nine games, he's 16 for 35. That means he's hitting 457 with nearly a 1,400 OPS. He's got four doubles, a triple, three homers, 15 driven in in nine games. He's walked three times, and in 40 plate appearances, he struck out twice. He's looking like a top five bat in Major League Baseball across any position right now. The best part, he's on an extension. Right. He's not getting traded. I kind of love that for Cleveland. Yeah. Do you yep. love that for Jose Ramirez? Yeah. I, you know, Cleveland is the team that signed him. He's been through the system. I was listening to a podcast the other day with somebody in Cleveland's front office. He was kind of overlooked in rookie ball. You know, he's a bench guy in rookie ball, a ball. He had to really work some at bats. Wasn't the most prized prospect, but he has truly come through this organization, started from the bottom and is going to become a superstar for them for a lot of years. He's already been a superstar and he'll stay a super, he'll stay a superstar, which is super yep. exciting. Um, Shane Bieber through two starts, 10 innings um, has allowed three earned runs. That's a two seven ERA. The thing with Bieber, the breaking stuff looks solid, but the velo is down. Is, is that concerning for you? You know, I, I think coming off an injury like that, it's, it's going to take a little bit to, to, you know, work back to where it was. But pitchers with shoulder issues, I don't love the profile. Um, we see what Jacob deGrom's going through now yeah. with Bieber. He's back. But listen, if he's not throwing 96, 97, but he's still being productive, he's still going to put up maybe a sub-3 RA season, I think that's really good for them because the other arms in the rotation, Tristan McKenzie, Zach Plesak, Cal Quantrill, and Aaron Savali, they're all pretty solid. I like Quantrill a little bit more than than all three of those guys in McKenzie, Plesak, and Savali. But still, that's a solid rotation. They have some arms in the bullpen that they can work with. So not too concerning for me just because other guys can pull the weight. So Savali got roughed up last time out, but Zach yeah. Plesak, through two starts, has thrown 11 innings and just two earned runs against him, both runs coming via solo shot, which is very interesting to me because I think we know that he's constantly going to get the ball put on the ground but the two runs against him have left the yard through the air. With Plesak, I was watching him during spring training and I was cringing because I thought Plesak was due for a bounce back here. And his stuff didn't look lively at all. And to be totally honest, for the first two starts of Plesak's season, I don't think the stuff looks lively, but he's getting outs. And what, you'll what you will quickly learn about me is I don't, I look at the advanced metrics, I, I take them into consideration. But the most important thing to me about pitchers is outs. Yeah. And Plesak right now is getting outs and not allowing runs. Yeah. And, it, you know, something to keep in mind, too, all these guys are pretty inexperienced big leaguers. When you look at, you know, how long they've been in the game, the leader in service time is Shane Bieber with three years and 97 days. And the Ridiculous. oldest, the oldest pitcher in this five man rotation is Zach Plesak at 27. So, you know, th this is a very young crew. If they kind of figure things out in the big leagues, watch out in the future for sure. 100%. Detroit is four and five. They're two games back of the White Sox right now. Their series finale against Kansas City was washed out yesterday um, or uh, on Sunday. We're recording on Monday. Um, Detroit 
Spencer Torkelson has arrived. A, to be honest, a little bit quicker than I thought he was going to arrive. Um, I've been talking about it on the Just Baseball Show, our flagship podcast, and I've said Torque is going to take some time. He's a Northern California kid who went to school in Tempe, Arizona. He can't hit in cold weather. I saw him suck in cold weather last year in minor league ball. This year, it was really cold first couple days of the season, and he looked not good. And then all of a sudden, the weather got above 40 degrees, and he hits two homers, and the second one's an absolute moonshot. I don't think our concern is with the offense, because the offense can be electrifying when on. The pitching is a serious, serious problem right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at the starting rotation. Right now, they're working with four guys. It's Tyler Alexander, Matt Manning, Tarek Skubal, and Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, Manning, you don't know what you're going to get. Tyler Alexander, another thing. No, he's been a below average big leaguer most of his career so far. So that hurts. In the bullpen, you got guys who who aren't going to be reliable. You know, Gregory Soto, we know he throws hard. He has good stuff. You know, Alex Lang has good stuff. Joe Jimenez, he, he's done it in the past. But, I mean, when you have Drew Hutchinson, Ronnie Garcia, Will Vest, Jason Foley, Willie yeah. Peralta, Jacob Barnes, I mean, what are you really going to expect out of this crew? Is Funkhauser still there? According to the big league roster, he's not. He may be injured. Uh, yes, he's, he is injured with a strained shoulder. Interesting. Okay. Because yeah. um, Funkhauser is a guy that I thought was going to be great, but turned out to be underwhelming as well. There are some holes in that bullpen. My concerns with the starting rotation, because Erod does not look strong at all. His, his yeah. stuff is getting hit around the ballpark. Casey Mize is on the shelf now, but Mize was not getting any swings and misses. That's the number one overall pick who got more swings and misses at Auburn than anybody in recent memory. And now he's not getting any at the big league level. Scooble looks good. Scooble looks like he has truly improved. I think if you were to buy stock in any of those three prospects that are up right now, a quote unquote prospect, Scooble, Mize, and Manning, it's Scooble, and then it goes Mize and Manning. Yeah, I agree. So that's that's the thought there. Um, offensively, are are they one of the more fun teams to watch in the American League? You know, they got some players and some underrated players for me. You know, Jamer Candelario is a guy who really has been productive and hasn't gotten a lot of, of attention for it. Um, him, you know, Kiel Badu, obviously rule five pick comes yeah. out really good. Spencer Torkelson, we, we know about him. Um, you know, Miggy's still there. He's, he's chasing milestones this year. Robbie Grossman's been pretty solid. And then, you know, Austin Meadows is having a pretty strong start. hundred um, percent. Let's go to Kansas city quickly. The problems here are offense and on the mound. I want to roll through who's hitting under 200 for the Kansas City Royals right now because it's a crazy list. Sal Perez is hitting 188. Bobby Witt is hitting 156. Witt Merrifield, 152. Adalberto Mondesi, 148. And Carlos Santana is uh, two for 26. That's an 077 batting average. Um, These guys are not hitting right now. That will obviously improve to the mean. But I don't think the means that high. I think the Royals will likely finish last in this division. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a good shot. We know what Bobby Witt is. We know his ability. And I think it's just settling into the big leagues at this point. He is struggling a little bit, but I think he's going to right the ship. We know what Whit Merrifield has done in the past. But yeah, I mean, you know, Ben Intendi, I, I think, is an average outfielder. You know, Michael A. Taylor's not going to hit. Nicky Lopez, he hit 300 last year. Who knows what's going to happen this year? Mondesi again. And yeah, I, I mean, 
I think their their offense is going to obviously improve from where it's at right now, but I don't think too drastically. Um, we're going to go rapid fire here. We're already at 16 minutes, so we got to keep it tight. I'm going right. to go rapid fire. I'm going to walk you through names of young starters for the Kansas City Royals, and you tell me if you're in or out on them, because I think this will be a very telling exercise here. Brady Singer, in or out? Ooh, slightly in. I think slightly he's Slightly in. Okay. Yeah. How about Coar? Out. Yep. Daniel Lynch? Out. And then how about Chris Bubich? Out. There we go. Kind of <laughs> Carlos Hernandez? Yeah, guy out. out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it's tough, man. And then we're wrapping up with Minnesota here. Byron Buxton, that was scary. Thankfully, no structural damage on a slide into second base with a knee. But this guy cannot stay on the field. And it's so hard to watch all the time. Yeah, you know, he's one of the most talented players in this league when he's healthy, obviously. I think he has multiple MVP potential if he plays a full season. And more guys in this lineup that are kind of, you know, carrying the weight while he misses some time. I, how much time is he missing? He's missed, what, two days so far? I think so. And he'll miss a couple more days. I think he'll miss, what, four games? Yeah, I believe so. So you have Correa, you have Polanco, um, you know, Kepler and Sanchez. In a, an all right lineup, I'll, I'll say that. You know, Sano might hit you 30 homers. Larnick's pretty good. But, yeah, when Buxton gets hurt, it's it's just bad for baseball. Yeah, Carlos Correa hitting 133 through his first eight games. He's striking out a lot, but that's going to go away. Correa's too talented. Uh, yeah. Miguel Sano is two for 26 with 10 punch outs, so he's under 100 with the batting average. I don't think Miguel Sano is that good anymore. I think Jose no. Miranda should be the first baseman for the Twins. Yeah, I mean, what do you do, Sano? Uh, I, I guess just just bench him or DH him some days. That Gary Sanchez isn't DHing, but you know, I I think he hit close to thirty homers last year. It's it's just like, you know, those thirty homers might be his only hits on the year. Yeah, hundred so, percent. And then Sonny Gray on the shelf. Their pitching is thin. They got some serious problems there. Yeah, I like Joe Ryan. I think Bailey Ober's all right, but you know, Bundy, Archer, and Paddock. I like Paddock a little bit more than Bundy and Archer, but yeah, definitely some improvements to have there. Bailey Ober is certified tall. Miller, this was fun, man. We just went 18 minutes. We got to figure out how to tighten it up for next time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This was fun. This is going to be a good podcast for sure. Kendall and T have the AL West tomorrow on State of the Division.